You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 25 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, a.k.a. The Brit Chief, and Arrowhead Lydon's editor, Tom Childs. This week, Tom and I will be giving our thoughts and takeaways from the Chiefs' visit to Washington. We'll also be looking at this week's Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings before looking ahead to our preview of the Chiefs' Week 7 matchup against the Tennessee Titans. But first... Your flag football national champions of 2021... Leighton Buzzard Steve. Congratulations, Tom Childs and Leighton Buzzard Steve. For winning, the, uh, was it the Outlaw 2021 National Championship in black football? It was. Like, Is that what it was? What was that voice? <laughs> <laughs> was that an attempt at that, that generic sounding NFL announcer voice that seems to be at every single stadium? Yes. <laughs> was it good or did it just sound a bit more robotic? So, 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 so bad. Like... <laughs> You would have been better off finding one of those guys because it is multiple guys. It's not just the same guy, Brad. I'm um, convinced it's just one guy. <laughs> You're better off finding one of those guys and getting him to re-record that for you. But um, <laughs> yes, yes, I am a national champion. Like National champion. National champion. Yeah, we on Saturday, we had our finals day. It's only flag football. Um, I'm far too old now and my body's taken too much of a beating to carry on playing kitted football. So in the last couple of years, I've moved to the flag version. And um, yeah, this this last weekend, we we had our finals day. We won a quarterfinal, won a semifinal, and then we won our final. And yeah, I'm a natty champ. What can I say? Natty champ. Yeah. I bet you didn't even think you were going to actually win the whole thing, did you? Oh, no, I was supremely confident that were we were going to win it. Like, <laughs> I, I I was very, very confident all week that we were gonna win. Um because I'm think we're very think we're very good, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Like <laughs> are you saying you've got championship swagger? Is that yeah, what basically, it is? yeah. No, the mojo we were talking about last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my team's had it all season. We just had one bad day that affected our seedings. That's all it was. And then yeah, yeah so we went in as the fourth seed and I knew that straight away that we weren't the fourth best team in it. I knew we were the best and all we had to do was deliver on the day. And that's exactly what we've done. <laughs> Surely hasn't gone to your head, has it? Jeez. <laughs> so what did you win? What did you get? What did you get? Come on, tell us what did you get? I got a medal. I, um, a medal. We got a plaque. Wow. We got a plaque. Wow. Um, we, we got 
free license from our missus to go out on Saturday night and celebrate as hard as we like. <laughs> so that, that, was, that was worth that's it. Worth it. That's worth um, it enough, isn't it, for that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So no, it was um it was a fun time, like a lot of hard work, should we say, in the last couple of years. You know, I've got to do this speech, a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, a lot of time. Shut I want up. to thank my people. Um <laughs> yeah, no, it was worth it. It was worth it. <laughs> Can I just ask as well, does the uh does the practice squad get a medal? Were you saying this because you come to one of our practices like two months ago? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We have spares. Why not? If, <laughs> I'm not being funny. If you only have to look at some of the people that got rings from the Chiefs and think, yeah. well, if they got a ring, then surely we can give Brad one. He <laughs> 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 turned up for one session, caught yeah, a few exactly. balls, and that was it. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. I was there if you need me, mate. I was there if you need me. Yeah, thank you, Dave. <laughs> Straight into it this week, we're going to be talking about Obviously, the week six matchup against the Washington football team, which um, let's start off from the beginning because a lot of Chiefs Kingdom were watching this game. And I, I from the, all the responses I saw on social media, we were all fearing the worst of this team. Um, the offense had turned over the ball, I think it was like three times this week, mm-hmm. um, which it, it's, it's phenomenal when you think like the week before it was like four turnovers. I think a couple of weeks before that was another four turnovers. This week it's th- three turnovers. Yeah. I think everybody was just really kind of, well, really concerned what was going yeah. on with this team. And it, 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 it almost looked like we were watching a team that wasn't the Chiefs. It was almost like looking at the imposters. Yeah, like up, up until like the third turnover, we're, I'm sure we'll get to that one. Yeah. The, the oh, rest God, of the yeah. team looked pretty good. The defence looked good. Yeah. The offence looked good. There was just two major mishaps, one from Tyreek Hill and then one from McCole Hardman, which made it look a lot worse yeah. than it actually was because like the first couple of drives, the Chiefs were dealing, Pat Mahomes were dealing, the throw oh, to yeah. Cole Harden down the sideline, the throw to Jody Fortson, the catch from Jody Fortson down the sideline. Now, Mahomes was playing really quite well in that first half. And then obviously he got unlucky with the Tyreek Hill, yet again, failing to catch a ball that hits him in both hands and tipping it to a, a, a defender. And then you've got McCole Hardman, who's on the outside running down the sideline and he just coughs up the ball from nowhere. So overall, I thought the Chiefs played quite well in the first half. I thought they played quite well all game. There was just like two or three, maybe four plays in which they were dreadful. But luckily against the Washington football team, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I think you just compounded it a lot more that the fact that, yeah, the turnovers were an issue. And again, we saw, like you said, that you mentioned that that Tyreek Hill kind of uh, spill, let's say, that uh, that hit him square in the hands and it it flicked out again, didn't it? I mean... I don't know what it is, how he's trying to catch it, but it, it never seems to get bited down, which is which is maybe quite... maybe he needs to steal um, Turk Wharton's gloves, and uh, maybe that's uh, maybe that's what he should be going with, getting catching good one. catching yeah. advice from Turk Wharton. But um, <laughs> no, overall, yeah, obviously the, the turnovers are something to be worried about. But yeah. in like I think in the week before against the Bills, yes, they had the turnovers, but I don't think they played very well at the same time. No. I don't think they looked like scoring against the Bills, where against Washington, they looked very good up until the turnovers. And I think that's how they how it was all game. And it's only once they managed to finally get rid of the turnovers that they've reaped the rewards of their good play. But yes, it is an issue. They do need to knock it on the head. And hopefully we will look at halftime of this Washington game as the moment that the Chiefs turn their season around. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But yeah, I feel I think we should get on to the big the big turnover, and that was the yeah. the Mahomes trying to make things happen turnover, which was just like the craziest play. Yeah, 
It, it was, I mean, for decisions, decisions made by Patrick Mahomes, this is the worst decision. And I think the worst interception I think any of us have ever seen him make. Um, I don't know whether he was trying to throw the ball out or whether he was trying to uh, squeeze it to someone or, or yeah. make something happen, but he should have just taken the sack. And yeah. he will definitely, definitely want that one back as well, won't he? Yeah, but he's never been a guy to eat sacks. He doesn't try and he, yeah. he's just not one of those guys. He doesn't want to eat a sack. He's like similar to like Big Ben. Big Ben's for years never wanted to eat sacks. He just always wanted to find a way to get out of there and make something happen. And I don't want Mahomes to lose that out of his game it's because it's the out of structure stuff which makes Mahomes so special. Yes, he can run yeah. a conventional offense, but the difference between Patrick Mahomes and every other quarterback is for when things go wrong, he manages to turn massive negatives into huge positives. So if you're going to say to him, oh, you need to start eating sacks and not getting away from pass rushes, then maybe maybe we'll lose a bit of Mahomes. Yeah, you could probably argue with this one particular play because he had already fumbled the snap. Maybe that should, he probably should have learned from previous games and maybe he should have just ducked on the floor and just said, right, yeah, go on, go on, defender. Just tap me on the back and I'll, I'll, I'll take this one. Did you see Andy Reid on the sidelines? <laughs> No, I didn't. I, at that Did point, I, I was too busy with my head in my uh, head in my hands. At that point, I didn't see any reaction. Well, Andy Reid was exactly the same. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> when the ball went up in the air, his head just went. He, he like covered his head with his uh, with with the play sheet. <laughs> it was like, oh man, this is like honestly, it was like his worst nightmare. Just just kind of right in front of him, and uh, Eric Bieniemy as well. He was kicking off big time on the sideline. Um, I love watching the sidelines when something like that happens. You know, you get some good reactions. And yeah, do you think the bro- like did you, at that point did you think the team was broken? I did. Yeah, I, I, I really did, and and I think a lot of people felt it as well. I mean, at halftime, I I remember sitting there thinking. And I, I just need to get out of the room or something and do something else just to forget about that that, that first half with the turnovers. Mm. Because, and it's funny because my wife, she never normally asks about the NFL or the Chiefs or anything like that. She thinks I'm crazy when I talk about the Chiefs and stuff. But she was asking, she says, are you all right? I said, no, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm really concerned. <laughs> I love this, <laughs> really my old con- friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. exactly what it was. And I thought, right, I'm just going to make myself a cup of tea. And I'm just going to come back upstairs, forget about that first half. And that's exactly what the Chiefs did for the second half, I think. I love I love the fact that you likened what you done to exactly what the Chiefs it done. It was exactly you know, the same. Yeah. You, you actually went downstairs, made yourself a cup. And as you're pouring it out, you're like, right, come on, Brad, we can do this. Let's forget about that first half. Enough is enough. And I love the fact that I could just, you just seeing you sit there, psych yourself up. Like, enough with the turnovers, Brad. Put put less milk in that tea. Come on. One more sugar. You can do it. Like, let's go. <laughs> Mate, I was coming back into the room. I was smacking my shoulder pads. I was banging the, the helmet I had on from my signed helmet that I've got in the in the case. <laughs> I was I was proper hyped up for the second half. And uh, I think that <laughs> cup of tea really changed everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I'm in a presser now. I'm in a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> So, Brad Simcox, what was the turning point of the Chiefs season? I made myself a really good cup of tea at halftime of the Washington game. You know what? It was a good cup of tea as well. I really enjoyed it. It was really nice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, talking about that second half, it was like flicking a switch, wasn't it? It was like sure. it was seeing the Chiefs that we all know and love yeah. suddenly destroying a team and everything was right in the world again. Yeah, I rewatched the game yesterday and... I got the first half and I thought, okay, the first half wasn't as bad as I remembered. They played quite well, just the turnovers. They held what Washington to 13 points in their first half, I think it was, yeah. which 13 points for a half based on what we've seen so far this season. 
is pretty mm. good for the Chiefs. Average of 26, still still less than what we've uh, seen in previous games. So I was kind of, I was kind of happy with the defensive output anyway. But as soon as you start watching the second half, the first thing I noticed on the defensive side of the ball was just one Thornhill and Tyron Matthew flying. And I mean flying yeah. to the line of scrimmage. I don't know what adjustments they made at halftime, but whatever they do, did defensively, it involved Tyron Matthew and one Thornhill just flat out attacking. And I think it's something to do with the emergence of Rashad Fenton and the Jarius Need as really, really reliable corners. The fact that Steve Spagnoli probably felt like that he could just unleash this, this tandem of safeties, which we are not, yeah. we know on their day are as good as any pair in the NFL. And that was the effect it had on Washington. Like Washington couldn't get anything going offensively in the second half. And I think that starts with the play of Tyron Matthew and Juan Thornhill. Yeah. It, it's strange to think that we never had Thornhill for the last few games. No. Well, very Even limited. Even though it was, yeah, or very limited. Yeah. And it, 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 it almost, it almost felt like Chiefs Kingdom. It was almost like an outcry that we needed Thornhill back in the team, he uh, or, or at least get more snaps. He played every snap this week. Yeah, and 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 it, it showed. I mean, there was a lot more understanding from the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all knew their assignments. The, um, even, I mean, I know uh, Sorensen played less snaps, but he he was playing in more of a linebacker role, wasn't he? At, yeah. at, at, at some point, which yeah. it seemed to work better. It seemed to work better to his strengths as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you can say. The, the whole defense looked better. They looked quicker. They did. They yeah. looked more athletic. They got some pass rush. They got turnovers. They had two turnovers in this game, which is yeah. like we hadn't seen a turnover in four. Was it four weeks since our last defensive turnover? Since yeah. I mean, was it Tyron? Well, was it Tyron Matthews' interceptions against the Ravens? Was the last yeah. turnover yeah. that that seems like a lifetime ago? So the the second half defensive performance was something that I feel like we can potentially forecast yeah used to forecast in the future we obviously have to be a bit cautious because it is washington it is tyler henneke but yeah. to post a shout and shut out in the second half is really really good but on the other side someone massively found their mojo again <laughs> yeah one particular player just for balls to this i am the best player in the nfl and I am going to show everyone that I am the best in the NFL. That performance by Patrick Mahomes in the second half yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. There was so many highlight plays in it. Yeah. You had the little shovel to, to Travis Kelsey. Oh, that was sweet, wasn't it? Yeah, you had the nice ball to Demarcus Robinson. I can't remember if it was first half or second half, but why is no one talking about the jump pass to Tyreek Hill? It, because we've seen it before, mate. Oh, <laughs> like, why, why, is no, why is no one talking about that? That's not popping up anywhere. That play was ridiculous. And then, of course, then we've got the play that didn't count, which is arguably the greatest play of Patrick Mahomes' young career. But unfortunately, oh. it's not going to count. That How he hits Tyreek Hill in stride, thrown across the body, over the linebacker that tries cutting the route as well, it's just... It's just outrageous. It looks like the first TV view, but now I've seen that that view from the from the stands of the from the corner, and I've seen yeah. all twenty two. It is by far and away one of the greatest throws ever made. Tyreek Hill isn't even in shot when when Patrick Mahomes releases the ball, and yeah, like you said, it was literally in stride. Wasn't it? it it was it was almost similar to the uh, the one against the Ravens. Yeah, for sure. Remember yeah. that one? Yeah, it was it was yeah. a similar type of player, wasn't it? Um, it is better. And, but this one, this one seemed better, but sadly, it won't count. No, like, we feel robbed. We're robbed of Mahomes' magic. We are. We we do need an archive of Mahomes' plays that don't count or won't count. Oh, there, there must be lords now. Yeah, 
Yeah. Must his, be Lord. His, his incompletion and plays brought back highlight reel will be better than 99.9% quarterbacks <laughs> highlight reel of plays that count. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Without a doubt. Um, actually, I just remembered something we didn't mention there. Uh, Townsend's muffed, uh, muffed punt. Oh. Did, you see Did you see that? Mate, I could kick that further. <laughs> <laughs> Did he go 15 yards or something? 18 yards punt it was. 18 yards. 18 yard punt. Like, it's not even worth it, is it? Nah. Uh, 18 yards. Like, come on. Not even worth it. Come on, Tommy. Like, we saw it in the Super Bowl. Like, the one in the Super Bowl was really bad, and that was at a really bad time for the Chiefs. They needed to switch field positions in the Super Bowl, and Tommy Townsend failed, and then... On Sunday, it was another one, first half, going poorly, which he's have to punt after like a give-up play on third and 20. Yeah. And then they punt, and then what is it, 18-yard punt. Doesn't even get down, back down to the first down marker. It's just it's just awful. They would have been better off just throwing a Hail Mary as opposed to that. Like, <laughs> come on. <it's laughs> just, just throw it. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was a symbol, shall we say, of how sloppy the Chiefs have been. Of yeah. late, for all of their good play, they have been sloppy. But thankfully, in the second half, they went from being really sloppy to squeaky clean. Yeah. It, do you think that the fact that the second second half performance, do you not feel as though Mahomes was actually leaving the pocket a lot quicker? You know, getting it out, getting out there, and, and making yeah. sure that it was like the the old Patrick Mahomes. It's strange, mm-hmm. it's strange saying that old Patrick Mahomes, but seeing him just just loose, yeah, more than anything, instead of being like you know hemmed in into that pocket all the time. Do you think that was one of his things where he just thought, do you know what? I'm not even going to trust the guys in front of me. I'm just going to go and do my own thing and be, be Patrick Mahomes. Well, I think he wanted to play, play his brand of football. And yeah. the, Washington made it kind of easy because they started sending blitzes. Um, the week before, the Buffalo Bills didn't blitz at all, not once. Yeah. Where second half, Washington were blitzing. They were sending five, five guys. Not every down, but every now and then. And sending five guys to Patrick Mahomes is basically inviting him to move out the pocket and just do what he wants. And yeah. when they've got receivers in, in the game that knows when he breaks out the pocket, they know where to go. There's such good chemistry of all of them, including Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, Travis Kelsey. They're all so good when Mahomes has his scramble drills that they all break to that side of the field or Tyreek Hill breaks the other side of the field and Patrick Mahomes finds them anyway. But yeah, he did look like he was having more fun on Sunday. Yeah. And it, it reminded me a bit of the, um, the Denver Broncos game in his rookie year. Yeah. You know, when he just kind of like, he wasn't under like tons of pressure, like the Broncos sent that night, but he was just escaping the pocket loads and just rolling out right, rolling out left and just finding guys open across the middle, throwing across his body. Like he looked like he was having a whale of a time. Yeah. And when I said earlier that he appeared that he's got his mojo back, that's the type of thing I'm talking about. Like he made so many plays that if you just had like a blank quarterback that you couldn't see anything, you couldn't see badges you couldn't see numbers or anything literally just like a silhouette of a quarterback and you had to like say right who's making that throw they were all Patrick Mahomes type plays all of them from the shovel to rolling out across the body they were all Patrick Mahomes well like if you saw a quarterback just standing tall in the pocket and checking down to a running back five yards downfield you know that's Tom Brady Brady. exactly But <laughs> I can't believe that worked. We didn't even rehearse that. I... <laughs> now we know what's going to be the cart bit for Twitter later. <laughs> um, there you go, Steve. Made your job easy today. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just looked like Patrick Mahomes is back to his best as playing like his brand of football. And it was just a joy to watch. Vintage Mahomes. Yes. 
Yes. In his fifth, what, fifth season? <laughs> <laughs> Vintage Mahomes. If he was um, a whiskey, you wouldn't even open him yet. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. All right, then. Uh, I think we'll take a break and have a whiskey break, actually, mate. Um, when we come back, we'll be discussing the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings and we'll be looking ahead with our preview of Week 7 against the Titans. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with your boys from the kingdom, Brad and Tom. We're going to look at the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings, which Tom has kindly done for us again this week. And uh, who have we got at the top this week? Uh, Arizona Cardinals, Tom. Yeah, well, rightly so. The last remaining undefeated. undefeated, And they look really good Like to go to Cleveland on the road with all the stuff that's happening in Arizona in terms of injuries and COVID and all that, that, like... To win so convincingly, yeah, probably deserved. I, I think I think you'll be hard pressed to find anyone that doesn't believe that Arizona are the best team in the NFL right now. It, it's a tough top five that, like especially when you have got teams like Baltimore who aren't in the top five. You got Lamar Jackson who's playing out of this world good at the moment. He's like yeah. ridiculously good at his job at the moment, and they can't break the top five. It's because the talent at the top of the league is so good. We mentioned it last week. This is a really top heavy league now. There are so many bad teams in the NFL, but you've got like eight to nine teams who are just like legit and legit contenders. And like, I have no doubt that they're all going to move around. I don't expect that Dallas to stay in the top five all year. I don't expect Green Bay to stay out of the top five all year. They're just going to keep interchanging. And then when it gets to business time in the playoffs, we could be on for like one of the greatest playoffs of all time. Mm, for sure. Um, just looking at this, the Chiefs move up from 10th to 9th, which is good. Which yeah. is, we, we definitely want to be trending in that direction. Small wins, always. small wins, as everyone, as Tesco say, every little helps. That's all we need. Um, so come on. We're, we're, the climb to the top starts now. The ascendancy starts now. So they, they, don't worry, the Chiefs will be back at number one eventually. But yeah, you know, sure. we've got to start somewhere. Uh, we're right behind the Chargers, which uh, let's talk about that briefly because that Chargers game. Um, like in general, it was a really good week for the Chiefs. Like the Bills lost. Obviously, there had to be a winner out of Chargers and Ravens. And for our sakes right now, the AFC West is probably more important than the number one seed. We need to get the AFC West back in back in tow first. So, yeah, the Ravens beating the Chargers was more important for us. The Broncos lost, which is good. Um, you know, like it was a good week overall for the Chiefs. They made... They made some headway in a, in a lot of ways this weekend. Yeah. And the Raiders playing the Broncos. Uh, well, <laughs> the Broncos 
clearly not up to the task this week. Not up to the task the last three weeks, mate. Like they they've been bad. They had yeah. their cup, they had their cupcake schedule to begin with, and they beat the bad teams that were put in front of them. Since some semi competent teams have been put in front of the Broncos, they've just been bad. They like yeah. uh, normally like when it gets to Chiefs Broncos games. I know we've got a little while to wait until the Chiefs actually face the Broncos, uh, but you normally get a bit nervous about that because you think they'll be able to hold their own. But right, right now, this version of the Broncos would get absolutely annihilated by this version of the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and rock bottom this week is the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I think this is kind of harsh. Like, I suppose we're putting Arizona's the last remaining undefeated at number one. We should probably put the last remaining winless team at, at the bottom. But I feel like the Lions have been scrappy for a few weeks now. Like, they've been unlucky with some of their losses, like to the Vikings and the Ravens, most notably. For me, you've got teams there that are playing much, much, much worse football, like, like the New York Giants. They're playing terribly. New York Jets, I saw that in person last week. They're really bad. The Dolphins are bad. The Texans are bad. I, I don't expect the Lions to stay at the bottom. I think they're a better team than their record shows. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are off the bottom after finally getting a win. And what a game that was, by the way, in London. Like we In London, we've had a lot of bad games. And yeah. unfortunately, I didn't get to go to this one. But this weekend, the, the Jacks-Dolphins game was just like, a, was an instant classic for the NFL UK fans. Oh, it was brilliant. It was really, I mean, right down to the last kick. It was yeah. great, great game, great yeah. game to watch. And and the crowd really got involved. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if anybody's seen the, the, the footage of the last, you know, the final kick that went through. Mm-hmm. Um, the fans were jumping around like, Crazy, weren't they? It was like England yeah. scored. <laughs> and it yeah, exactly. And it couldn't have been more different to what I saw the week before. The week before, the atmosphere was terrible. But I yeah. watched this game on Sunday on TV and the atmosphere looked great. I was kind of annoyed at myself for choosing the uh, Falcons-Jets in the end. Well, I did say that that would be the better game, mate, but you didn't listen to me, did you? <laughs> no, you wouldn't listen to me. All right, Captain me. Hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, should we look ahead to the week seven against the Titans? Uh, the Chiefs will be heading to Tennessee to take on the four and two Titans in week seven. And Tom and I are honoured again each week to be the first podcast on our Head Pride Network to preview this matchup first. Chiefs versus Titans. Now we've, uh, this is this has almost become a bit of more of a, a rivalry kind of matchup now, isn't it, over, over recent years? Especially after the, uh, was it the AFC Championship game that the Chiefs um, managed to, you know, suffocate King Henry mm-hmm. uh, in that matchup. And, uh, yeah, I think the Titans have been looking for revenge ever since. Yeah, for sure. Is this, this is the first time, uh, first time we've played them since. If I'm, if I'm not wrong, I don't think we've played them. I think it is. I think you might be yeah, right there. So, yeah. um, I wonder if they've been stewing on that because, like, the Titans are fairly similar to the Chiefs. So they've kept a lot of pieces in house, so they've um, tried to run it back with a lot of the same uh, players. So Literally maybe they will back, be yeah. a little bit like up for this game more than normal because they will want to get revenge. But the Titans are playing semi-good football right now. Like yeah. even in the power rankings, they're moving up. And I, it, I don't have a lot to of nice things to say about AFC South teams in general because I think the division is just awful. But right now, the Titans have coming off their what their their biggest win in the last two years, like to to beat Buffalo, like like that, and the way they did to go head to head with Buffalo and go point to point and end up beating them on a defensive stop. Like no one expects defensive stops from the Tennessee Titans to beat them the way they did. Like fair play. That was no easy feat. Like I went to bed last night, fully expecting to wake up the, to news that the Buffalo Bills had absolutely bit, battered them. Yeah. But it didn't happen. So yeah, the Titans are hot right now. Really are. Uh, it, but it seems to be the rushing game. That seems to be their key, key thing. And it's, it's, it's the, uh, the kryptonite of the chiefs defense at the moment, isn't it? This Russian. Have they got a running. decent running back? I, uh, who, who's uh, um. Yeah. Oh, what's he called? 
anyway, yeah, we'll we'll skip to him later. I'll find him in the uh, the roster sheet or something. We'll yeah, yeah, find yeah, out yeah, who yeah. He is. But they don't uh, yeah, anyway, do they? No, no. I mean, their 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 best rushing guy is um. Oh, that, that's it. Uh, uh, Henry, he's called. Oh, okay, Henry Derrick. Henry Derrick, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> check this stat out, right? Considering it's only like what week seven. Yeah. 162 carries, 783 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Jesus. That How many carries? 162. In six games. So if that's not an indicator to Spags that they're going to be running the ball. <laughs> sorry, 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 to, sorry to talk about Spags. 162 carries in six games. How does Derek Henry get out of bed in the morning? <laughs> does he have a crane over his bed that picks him up and brings him downstairs? Ache. He must, he must ache every morning. Oh my god! Like I struggle getting up out of bed anyway, and I don't do much athletic at all. But <laughs> like 162 carries and how yeah. many yards? 700. 783, and it's only week seven. He's, he's done that in what? In, in was he? Did he play one of the games? Yeah, I, I think he did. But like people say that running backs don't matter, and like Derek Henry doesn't matter. Like the, EP, the EPA nerds like love to say that Derek Henry doesn't matter. Like I just don't get how you can come to that conclusion. Like I don't care what EPA says. Derek Henry 100% matters. Imagine if you put Derek Henry on this Chiefs team. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'd be phenomenal, wouldn't it? It'd be a phenomenal uh, team for sure. I mean, I, I know there's, there's there's obviously fans out there that that like obviously Clyde Edwards-Alaire and and Daryl Williams, um, what we've got there. But to have somebody like Derek Henry, some real kind of phenomenal player like that, would be immense for this Chiefs team. Yeah. Would you take right? Here we go. Would you take Derek Henry? So let's reverse back to 2020 draft. <laughs> and the Chiefs were on the clock again, 32nd, and Derek Henry was there. And you knew what kind of production Derek Henry was capable of. Would you take him with that pick? I think you have to. Do you think Chiefs Twitter? Because obviously the, the fashionable thing right now on Chiefs Twitter is to talk about that draft pick and yeah. they not mattering and blah, blah, how they waste that draft yeah. pick. Do you, reckon, do you reckon the overrided opinion of Chiefs Twitter would be to take Derek Henry and put him on this Chiefs team with that I pick, look, with a first-round look, pick? Looking at those stats, yes. Yeah. 100%. 100%. It, it would be devastating if the Chiefs had a running back like Derek Henry. Oh, mate. I like, mean, it's not It's not just like, it's not just a powerhouse. He's fast. Yeah. He's just really brutal. fast. I mean, that, that play where he ran for 76 yards or whatever it was uh, in the last game. Yeah. Um, he hit a top speed of like 21 miles an hour or something. Yeah. That's like nearly Tyreek kind of speed. It's like Tyreek's like 22.6 or something is fastest. Yeah, and Tyreek probably weighs half of what Derek Henry does. And the thing with yeah. Derek Henry, he always seems like he's get, he ha, he looks a bit like Jamal Charles when he runs because he looks like he's always getting quicker. Yeah. Like he he starts off kind of slow, but then once he gets going, he's just a train. He's a freight train. You cannot stop that man. No. And like I wouldn't want to be any defensive back. Like I could not imagine tackling Derek Henry to be very fun. I mean, put it into com- uh, in like a comparison here. I mean, I know Edward Zelaya has obviously been injured, um, you know, last couple of weeks. But, um, you know, our best rushing at the moment from Edward Zelaya was 65 carries, 304 yards. Mm. So he um, 100 more carries than Edward Zelaya. Way more, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way more, mate. But, I mean, um, I mean, obviously, we know that's their, that's their main threat. Yeah, um, sure. and And when you look at their passing threat, um, with the likes of t- with with Tannehill and obviously the weapons that he's got on on shore there at, at, at the Titans, um, he's not utilizing them enough. He's not utilizing them half as much at the minute um, because apparently he's got uh, 128. Well, yeah, he's had 128 completions out of 202 attempts. 
1,467 yards, six TDs and four ints. It's pretty average, isn't it? Like It's, it's very not, average. I'm looking at their offensive output. Like They've scored over 30 points three times already this season. And yeah. we've, we've said before that if the Chiefs can keep opponents to less than 30 points, then they should be okay. They've done such a good job in the AFC Championship game on Derek Henry, though, because yeah. after the, after that Week 11 game back in 2019 and Derek Henry ran for, what, 258 yards and oh, the Titans yeah. stole a game at the end thanks to some really dodgy special teams plays and the Chiefs in Nashville. Um, yeah. All the talk coming into the AFC Championship game, we shouldn't hold much bearing now, but it kind of does because we're talking about the same player. Um when all the talk going into that was Derek Henry's going to run all over the Chiefs. He's going to run, run, run. The Chiefs aren't going to be able to stop uh, the Tennessee Titans and the Tennessee Titans are going to go into the Super Bowl and beat whoever they were going to play in that particularly. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happened. The Chiefs managed to put a lid on Derek Henry, what was it, 69 yards? And yeah. they made Ryan Tannehill beat the Chiefs. And I feel like that's exactly what the Chiefs are going to try and do again this week they're going to try and load that box because you have to because if Derek yeah. Henry's run if Derek Henry's happy to run 30 40 times a game then he will run 30 40 times a game and if you cannot stop him over four downs you do not stand a chance to stop this Tennessee Titans offense so they, they have to first and foremost concentrate on stopping Derek Henry then after that say right Sneed versus AJ Brown Rashad Fenton versus Julio Jones if he plays uh, let's see what these guys can do because remember in the offensive line Tennessee Titans are going to be without Taylor Lewan this year their star right tackle he's Mm -hmm. going to be in a concussion protocol so chances are he's not going to be playing this Sunday either so the the pass rush might actually get to Ryan Tannehill for a change but first and foremost you just have to stop Derek Henry it's going back to what you were saying in the first half of the show I suppose isn't it that you know you had uh, Thornhill and uh, Matthew really kind of you know plugging the gaps weren't you Mm -hmm. that's what they're going to have to do in this game they really have to do that. And yeah. and like you said, make sure that Tannehill Hill is throwing the ball and and trust the corners. Yeah. Trust the Chiefs corners uh, that they're going to make a play on this. Because, I mean, AJ Brown hasn't been great this year. Um, he, his production hasn't been mind-blowingly good. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, he is still a threat. But I seriously think that, you know, if you, it, like you said, if you shut down Henry, that's their main talisman out of the way. Yeah. Um, and you like you said, you're forcing t- uh, Tannehill to really kind of you know, attack Chiefs as best as he can. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, man. I think Spags will have this dialed up perfectly. Yeah, it's week. kind of like a, it's a good opponent for the Chiefs because they know where to attack. Like the Buffalo Bills is like a really hard uh, team to game plan for because there is so many weapons and you've got the added threat of Josh Allen running where the Titans really aren't like, they are very bread and butter, aren't they? It's Derek Henry first, play action, AJ Brown, Julio Jones. Okay, it's really hard to stop play action and the running back at the same time is is it's hard, but based on the way the Chiefs' corners have been playing of lately, more so on Sunday, mm-hmm. then they do stand a chance. I saw a PFF stat, stat going around PFF stat going around this week that I think what four of the top five Chiefs grades from last Sunday were all defensive backs: Fenton, yeah. Steed, Fawnhill, Matthew. So the, these guys are playing well. That like Rashad Fenton looks like a guy that's not going to be giving up his starting role anytime soon. Like Traverius Ward's going to have a job to get back in. He might come in in the nickel packages when Snead drops inside and you might you might see the uh, the nickel package being Ward, um, Snead and Fenton as opposed to Ward, Snead and Mike Hughes. That might be the way that it yeah. goes going forward. But right now I trust the Jerry Snead. I trust Richard Fenton. They are both playing really good football. And if we have to let them go on an island against the likes of AJ Brown and Julio Jones, so be it. As long yeah. as they key in, as long as the rest of the defense key in on Derek Henry, then the Chiefs 
do stand a chance of stopping this offense. All right, then let's look at the uh, the previous opponents that the, the Titans have been playing against. Obviously, they lost against the Cardinals. Everybody seems to be losing against them at the moment. Um, then there was the Seahawks, where they, uh, they won in overtime against them, which, um, I mean, obviously, they still had uh, Russell Wilson in that game, but the Seahawks haven't been great this year, have they? Mm-hmm. Um, they won against the Indianapolis Colts, and, oh, they, did, did they lose against the Jets? They did. They lost to the Jets. They lost against the Jets? <laughs> Oh, mate, we're, we're in for another dub here, mate. After <laughs> pre- seeing that. Your prediction's just changed in like in a heartbeat, hasn't it? Like- Completely. <laughs> they lost to the Jets in overtime. That was a Zach Wilson's first win. They, <laughs> they beat stop- the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. Yeah. Um, and they just obviously beat the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Like, it'd been interesting to see if they'd lost last night, how, like, opinion might have changed. Yeah. On, on this, I think like I feel like we're overall probably giving Tennessee a little bit too much credit because they beat the Bills last night. But we probably kind of need to probably remember that if, if Josh Allen doesn't fall flat on his face, and the Bills probably win that game. So, um, <laughs> yeah. like you look at the the Titans wins, the Jags, the Jets, no, the Jags, the Colts, the Seahawks, like they've all got losing records. And so they have only played like two decent teams this year in, in the Bills and the Cardinals. And yes, they got away with one win in one of them, but yeah, maybe they aren't that good. Maybe it's just the Derek Henry factor. Maybe we're just scared of Derek Henry. Like other teams are scared of Patrick Mahomes. Um, But overall, like talent wise, Chiefs versus the Titans on both sides of the ball. I, 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 massively favor the Chiefs over the Titans and I favor them in coaching, especially because Mike Rabel is just not a coach that I can get behind. (laughs) <laughs> yeah well after seeing him uh, obviously losing against the Jets my god that, that, <laughs> that's all you get that is all that, that's the B.O. and endo of your analysis now isn't it it, it is now yeah that's it they lost against the Jets tough <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's it Chiefs are winning <laughs> alright let's uh, let's look at the ones to watch shall we are we both going to go Derek Henry for the Titans <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think I think we'd be mad not to like defensively the Titans just haven't got a lot to write home about they've got no corners they're they're all injured or out for the season Fulton's gone down uh, Caleb Farley's gone down for the year with a torn ACL they just don't have much there like I don't think I can't see the Titans stopping this Chiefs offense. Like if they concede nah. thirty-one points to the Bills offense, they're going to concede more than that to the Chiefs. The, the Bills know they're in a shootout. They they know they know they need to um, try and keep with the Chiefs. So you can only say one of two players. The most important players for this uh, the Titans on this Sunday are Derek Henry or Ryan Tannehill. So they they have to be the ones to watch. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've gone for the uh, for the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill. I think against, uh, like you were saying, against their corners, I think Tyreek Hill will have a field day, unless they start trying to double up on him, mm. like uh, most teams try and do. But again, you know, Tyreek Hill, um, even doubled up, he's, he's obviously a big threat, obviously, for this team. Um, have you have gone for anybody with the Chiefs? Yeah, I'm up for a heavy dose of Derek Nardi on Sunday. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, okay. like, he's, he's had a bad season. He's not playing his greatest football, but he is very, very good against the run. And this is who we need to perform on Sunday. Like Jaron Reed's done nothing so far this season. Turt Warren had his splash play on Sunday, but in general hasn't been that great. The, the middle of the defensive line in general hasn't been that great this year. Um, but with Chris Jones potentially coming back, maybe hopefully back from his wrist injury, you can have Chris Jones and Derek Nardi on, on some early downs, potentially maybe they'd stick Jaron Reed and have a five-man front to begin with. I I reckon Derek Nardi, if he can occupy a guard and a centre and allow the other guys to go go hunt for Derek Henry, then I think he could have a pivotal role in this week's game. Predictions. 
They lost to the Jets. Stole <laughs> <laughs> um, <Not> my thunder. <laughs> um, uh, listen, right. I, I can't sit here and say the Chiefs have found their mojo again. And right for Arrowhead Pride, the Chiefs have found their mojo. I'm going to say it that Mahomes is back and sit here and talk about Mahomes being the greatest human on earth again and uh, this the saviour of the human race and all this and then predict yeah. a tight game. I just can't do it. I can't. I've been right this year about the Chiefs a lot when it comes to predictions. And I'm hoping I'm right again. I think the Chiefs are going to batter them. I do. <laughs> um, I, I do now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with 38-20 to the Chiefs. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean... <laughs> no, the they're thing- not, no, 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 no. They're not going to kick field goals. Mike Vrabel's not that kind of coach. They're not going to kick field goals. Can I, re- can no. I revise that? Go on then, revise it. Well, go on. 38-21. <laughs> right so he's not even going for two-point conversions then either is he yeah. <laughs> oh well well do you know what i actually before we actually uh did this show and i put it on the show notes i actually thought that the chief's game would be 38 36 i thought it'd be that close until you saw they lost to the jets <laughs> until i saw they lost against the jets and i'm thinking do you know what if the chiefs just cut out the damn turnovers yeah it, and, and stop gifting teams the mm. points like they have been. I mean, it's it's hugely significant that these turnovers are really gifting these teams. You know, I mean, even with the Chargers, we gifted them that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think the Chiefs are going to go thirty-eight seventeen. Nice. That's quite close to the uh, AFC Championship score, wasn't it? If, uh, I don't. If I Is it? Right, it's, it's quite close. I think we both are very close yeah. to the AFC Championship score. Um, so yeah, may, maybe it, it might make a bit of a difference to the fact that this game's been played in Nashville. But um, if I remember rightly, I won't. When the Chiefs last played in Nashville, there were so many Chiefs fans there. It was so red. It was similar to like, do you remember when the Vikings played the Chiefs in Arrowhead a couple of years ago? Oh, yeah, yeah. purple everywhere. I'm pretty sure the Chiefs done the same in Nashville just a few weeks earlier than that or a few weeks after that. So maybe there would be plenty of Chiefs fans and it would feel like a home game anyway for the Chiefs. I hope so. Yeah, the kingdom travels well, doesn't it? For sure. Right, that's all we've got time for this week, sadly. But please feel free to leave us a rating and review. Tom and I are here every Wednesday during the 2021 season. And remember, you can also listen to more Chiefs-related content here on the Hourhead Pride Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.